You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about the entire Rocky franchise from the 1976 film to the newest installment, Creed. Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. The middle children of history, man. No purpose, no place. We have no great war. No great depression. I'm Brian. With me tonight, Jeremy Vincent. Hello. And Patrick Cox. Howdy. All right, guys. So we are here talking Rocky. Well, the entire Rocky franchise. Rocky to Creed. Rocky's been a part of my life. He's like that family member that I got to watch succeed and then fail. <laughs> I went to this day camp when I was a little kid, and every day there was a movie. But they tended to show the same movie over and over and over and over again. And there were five of them that they would show over and over and over again. There was Oh God, Oh God Book 2, Meatballs, uh, Mr. Mom, and Rocky 3. Oh, wow. So I actually I actually saw Rocky 3 about 20 times before I saw Rocky 1 or Rocky 2. And uh, what I think is great about it is, is Rocky is the kind of movie that a kid can appreciate. But then when you get older, you know, you start, you know, realizing what, you know, especially the original film, like what it really was about. You know, it was a love story. It wasn't even really a boxing movie. You know, they're they're great movies. Even, even the bad ones, I love. <laughs> like for me, like I remember seeing them all as a kid. Probably because my dad was a fan. As a kid, like I liked like two and three and four, like because Rocky won. I mean, that was the whole. You know, Rocky won the championship. Rocky defended the title. Going back and watching Rocky won, and I was like, oh wow totally missing like how how good this movie is yeah it's fantastic yeah i mean great performances i mean people argue all the time with me that it didn't deserve that oscar over uh the taxi driver i say absolutely it did you know i think now it's probably the you know the cool film guy thing to say that taxi driver is a better movie but i can watch i could watch rocky a hundred times I, I can't watch taxi driver a hundred times I've, I've, you know, like, I've, I've seen Taxi Driver more than I've seen Rocky. <laughs> yeah, but you're not a big fan like we are. No, no do you I, think do you think Taxi Driver should have gotten the, the Oscar over Rocky? Directing, yes, absolutely. Uh, picture, I don't know. Hard call. They're both great scripts, um, but they're just oh, yeah, totally very different movies. Like they're polar opposites in terms of tone, character, and everything. I guess they're both about That's- hard luck guys. <laughs> So what you're saying basically is that you know you like Taxi Driver more because it's kind of a feel-good family picture, and <laughs> you know Rocky because of all the violence. It's a little bit of a downer. <laughs> nah, Taxi Driver's not a downer, man. No, nah. you know he he That's saves that girl at the end. There. 
That's what I love about Rocky, though, is that he loses, but he wins. You know, he gets paid. He, you know, he he went, you know, the distance with the with the champ. He knocked the champ down. You know, he was standing up at the end, screaming for the woman he loves. And he, I mean, he gets everybody, that one. It's that one moment in his life to get to prove that he's he he is somebody. Not just the bum. And the jokes, man. The jokes in Rocky are the best jokes ever. You know, like the, the flies getting caught in the turtle's throat. Best joke ever. I still <laughs> tell that joke to this day. I love his courtship with Adrian. It's beautiful, and it's something that I think was that they, tr- as much as I love Creed, I think it's something that they tried to recapture with, you know, the kid and his, uh, and his girlfriend in, in Creed. And I just, I didn't really feel it the same way. You know, it seemed a little forced. Where in Rocky, it seemed natural, childish, and innocent, and and even though he basically, I mean, if you really, if, you, if they wrote the first scene in Rocky's apartment with Adrian now, people would call it misogynistic or, you know, whatever. But you know, that was New York in the seventies, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, it was actually because after we watched Rocky one, Chris, my wife and I were talking about that scene, and she's she made the point that yeah, politically correct version, that is misogynistic and. You could not do that. But she goes, I promise you, secretly, every woman is going, that's hot. Well, it was the 70s, you know. Yeah, things were different time, different time. Was, well, she admitted, like, though. She said that, you know, secretly, as a woman, you know, she's watching that, and she's like, "If yes, that would be hot. For him to say, I'm going to yeah. kiss you, you don't have to kiss me back, and then to just kiss her. We are not endorsing date rape, though. But in the same way people nowadays think Fifty Shades of Grey is hot, you know, in a, in a way, in a, in a much more simple and childish way, I guess. You know, like, even, like, a lot of people would probably watch Rocky and think that the scene where he goes and he, he gets little Marie from the Atomic Hoagie shop and gets her, you know, tells her, you know, she shouldn't be a whore and she should be a nice girl and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, that was all just great character development that a normal person writing a script probably wouldn't think, I'm going to put that in the script or, you know, it would get cut before the movie was made. Well, it's, it's But it was a great way of showing what a gentle person Rocky was. And it it's sort of a metaphor for how his life works too. Like he's trying to do this this right thing, and he's he's blabbing on and on and on about being good and you know doing all this stuff. And then right at the end, what does she what does she say? Something creepo? Yeah, screw you, creepo. Yeah, screw yeah, you, creepo. creepo. And it's like ugh, all that work. And but it's that's just, one of the most memorable lines. But that that you know just the look on his face. He's like oh, creepo. Like it's. Everything he tries is just, he fails, he fails, he fails. Well, that's the beauty of their story is that him and, him and Adrian were complete losers in different ways. Well, it's great because you they're know, both Rocky, broken. Rocky was, right. Yeah, and it's yeah, about their but, redemption know, was physically, with each other. Rocky was physically imposing and dumb as a rock. Adrian was a milk toast who was really smart, and no one thought she was pretty, but they found, you know, they, they found, they found, they found a completion in each other, you know, that made them whole and made their love story timeless. I've gone out with girls before that refused to watch Rocky with me. (laughs) And I want to watch some stupid boxing movie. And I'm like, damn it, woman. It is not Not a boxing boxing movie. movie. It is a love story. There's ice skating in it. (laughs) I always thought Adrian was pretty. Like this, well, mo- sure. this movie had such an impact on me as a kid. It's probably the reason I get crushes on girls with glasses and dark hair. Oh, you like those <laughs> uh, the the po- the pointy glasses that go up in the uh, the little little tips at the married, end there. I'm married to a dark haired woman who wears little pointy glasses. Uh, yeah, no, I I, I, I like you, that look. If you really think about it, 
Adrian was the original archetype for what became one of the biggest, you know, tools people used in movies in the late 80s and all through the 90s, which was taking, you know, the really beautiful girl, putting her in glasses and, and bad clothes. And then at the end, oh, she's gorgeous. Character development of her character, it's not just like her being quiet and her. You've got Polly there, which is her brother, Rocky's best friend. And you can just see this insight into how her life is. It's just like, man, these people have nothing going for them. Well, name, name a character from the first three movies, other than Apollo Creed, that wasn't a complete loser. That wasn't completely down on their luck. Polly, Rocky, Adrian, Mickey. Mickey. They were all like, they all had something they wanted to achieve, something they wanted to accomplish that they never thought they could. And, you know, Polly does in a way, you know, he, he makes a few bucks off Rocky's name. You know, he, he feels like a big shot. But, you know, it, it's really a story of, I don't know if redemption is the right word, but, you know, finding yourself and achieving, you know, no matter how late in life or how many times, you know, you, you get knocked down, you keep getting back up until you, until you win. I'm totally geeking out talking about this movie still after seeing these movies hundreds of times, I'm still completely geeking out talking about them. Yeah, I think the acting and the script are really strong. I think that's the, I think those are the two standout areas in the film for sure. Yeah. All the performances are really solid. And I know Stallone got a lot of mess and everybody makes fun of his accent in the movie. Well, I think it's great. You know, like the Yo Adrian, you know, and everybody, you know, everybody makes fun of that now, but you know, it was an, I don't make, I don't make fun of it. He sounds like, he sounds like a, like an Italian guy from Philly that's taken hundreds of shots to the head. And honestly, I think Rocky three is really, I love Rocky three, but the, you can see where the franchise started to kind of lose its magic a little bit in that movie where Rocky suddenly, you know, I get it. He's rich, but he's walking around and you know, all these, you know, $10,000 suits and he's talking like an intelligent person. Well, and I, they got back to that in Rocky Balboa, who he, you know, was talking like this boy, you know, back to this guy, you know, which I thought was great. Well, they actually started in five, but I, I think his character is a little inconsistent. Started five. He started, he, he went back to talking uh, like he does like in Rocky one and two. Oh yeah, you're right. You're in right. five. And then it's very inconsistent. Like one and two, he talks like Rocky, like how you know him, like yo Adrian. And then he speaks like Sylvester Sloan in three and four. Then he goes back to part one and two and, and five. And then Balboa, it's it's a lesser extent of that, but it, it it's still a little bit of Rocky. And then by Creed, he's just old man Stallone. It, it's kind of an it, I, overall performance. You watch the franchise, it's a little, little inconsistent here and there. See, to me, I always felt like with Rocky three, I didn't agree with the decision, but because, you know, like, you know, Mike Tyson came from the streets and he became a wealthy dude and he didn't suddenly start talking all intelligent. But I got the idea of what they were trying to get across is now that this guy's from the streets and he's wealthy and he's going to seem a little bit more intelligent. I just always thought that it sort of separated that character of Rocky from Rocky. And I think that was the reason, and now I'm going to preference this because Brian has mentioned that he kind of goes back to it in Rocky Five. I have not seen Rocky Five in years. That was like the one black horse to me that... Well, it's, that's the one that's got the most continuity errors in it because he gets hit in the head. He, he's irreversibly brain damaged at that point, and he can't fight. He he can't get a license. That's why he doesn't fight in five. So it's like mm -hmm. when Balboa comes out, it's just like, hey, you know what? Well, forget all that. That didn't happen. I five remember, didn't exist. I just remember going to see Balboa, and 
there's Rocky again. He's older, but he sounds like Rocky. He's moving his head like Rocky, and I'm like, Rocky's back. The problem with Rocky, with, with 3, 4, and 5 to me, they could have very easily shown that Rocky is getting a little soft because he's, you know, because he's rich and he's getting kind of spoon-fed these, these easy fights by Mickey. Yeah, they sort without, of blew over that. Without changing who he is, at, you know, at the core. And 3, 4, and 5, they really suffered from the 80s was the real problem. Oh my! They started gosh, getting a little, a little too fancy and trying to do, you know, trying to do the things that were big in the eighties. Montage and it kind of cheeseballed a, a really solid story. Basically, three, four, and five to me felt like okay. We're especially three and four. I'm I'm gonna Let's kinda, make some money. I'm gonna step away from five because I haven't seen it in forever. And I, I say rewatch it. Three and four to me always came you across know? like all right, like one and two were a story about this guy and this girl and their life and. You know him being a boxer, he could you could have changed his job out and it, it would have still worked. Three and four turns yeah. into Rocky's the good guy. We need to give him a bad guy. Three was great though in that first of all, Mickey dying was a beautiful scene when he's laying on the table and he's asking how he did and you know and he's taking his last breaths and and Rocky's crying and saying yeah. it was it was like I I really think Rocky was crying. <laughs> you know I think Stallone was crying. And Mr. T did one of the best shit-talking bad guys in the history of film right there. <laughs> Everything about 3 was great except for changing Rocky, you know, as a character. Like with Rocky 1 and 2, they kept the business end of boxing very realistic. Like, you know, the press conferences down to, like, the, the talks with the managers. Yeah. And then in 3, you have this... And they maybe they even telegraph it by putting Hulk Hogan at the beginning, but it almost goes to, like boxing into the world of like wwe <laughs> well he kind of becomes yeah. a superhero right in this right. one right this was the thomas stallone he got really big with the rambo films right, right around rocky three and four so this was the well thomas there's another stallone. good example first blood is a brilliant film it's a Love great script. movie two and three weren't great they were victims of like hey let's make a splashy 80s action movie and then he came back with a fourth one that was solid. Like he was like almost like trying to say, "Hey, sorry about those last two. Here's a good Rocky. Here's a good Rambo movie." You know, um, to me, Rocky Four is the most bullshit one. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I, I love, said. That's my I least favorite Drago, too. But now five is five is definitely my least favorite because I mean four is great to me because first of all, the soundtrack is amazing. It is a good soundtrack. <laughs> Everyone makes fun of it. Everyone makes fun of it, but if you listen to it, man, that is some really, like, let's go, like, run in the woods with a log strapped to our shoulders music. <laughs> man, that's one of the and first the, tapes I ever owned, bro, was the Rocky Four oh, soundtrack. Oh, dude, it's so good. This so, in Top Survivor, Gun, bro. Man. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, he's in a constant training montage, and I can remember being as a kid, like, I was probably in the best shape of my life after watching a Rocky movie. Because like, you go work week, out for 20 I'd be, minutes, like, right? working out. <laughs> Uh, dude, I would never make it that long. I would like watch Rocky and like work out for twenty minutes and then be like, just you know, just start watching the movie again. <laughs> would not even make it like a whole day of commitment. To me, it was almost like he was trying to solidify Rocky as this great American character, which he already was. But he just wrote this big love letter to Cold War America. You know, it was a giant American flag. Um, I thought that Apollo's death was kind of hollow. I, I didn't, I didn't feel the way I did when Mickey died. Well, I thought um, it sort of came out of nowhere. I don't know, that was one of those moments where, going back to what I said earlier, that in Rocky 1 and 2, like, the boxing was kept so, like, realistic. And then in Rocky 4, you know, this Russian killing Apollo Creed in the ring 
and there's no like investigation. There's no like. I mean, it's just like oh. So he went in the ring with a big Russian dude, man. Did you see how tall that guy was? Come on, he told him he would kill you him. Know, I mean, there were there were some good things about Rocky Four. Obviously, I mean, it was it was exciting, you know, at the end. Um, but it definitely felt canned to me, and yeah. it felt like it was over. It was too indul- self indulgent. Well, it's like I think and, Brian nailed it for me. I'd never even thought about it like this, but Rocky One and Two, Balboa and Creed, to me are dramas. Three and four are superhero mm-hmm. movies. They're comic book movies about a boxer. He becomes yeah, I mean, he becomes like, like a superhero. You know, basically, I mean, basically the whole like showing him in the running in the snow compared to Drago in a laboratory. You know, showing that you know sometimes the old school ways are better. You know, they make you tougher. They might not make you prettier, but they make you tougher. And I also was never a fan of the steroided out looking Rocky. I was he just talking like about that. Like in Rocky One and Two, he looks like like an old school heavyweight fighter. I mean, he's not like he's not as crazy ripped. He's not fat, but he's not like yeah. dude. Three, he's zero percent body fat with a, like a nine pack. I mean, right? He looks like a dude, like so a welterweight. Ripped. No, you joke, but I think he had like it was two percent body fat for one of the. It was either three or four. It's like. What? It's like 2.3% body fat. Can you imagine that? No, that's like unhealthy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you get lost in the desert, you're dead in a day. Right. But, you know, they, but, you know we haven't really talked much about Balboa or, or Creed, but, you know, something that was good in those movies they took, they were like, in the first movies, you had to get some speed. You know, or you had to get a little speed in order if he was going to fight, you know, Apollo. Apollo. Right. And, and, in, and in Rocky Balboa, it's like, Man, I can't do speed anymore. Let's get super powerful. Let's right. let's make every shot to the body feel like you got hit by a dump truck. You know, I really uh, like Balboa too because that it, it it came out like right around the time where you had some of these older fighters that were coming back to have these like like George Foreman came back and won the world championship out of nowhere. Um, yeah, in his fifties, right? I really, but that's what inspired this. Yeah, now I'm gonna I'm gonna admit this on the podcast. Totally cried at the Adrian thing. And oh, Rocky death. Balboa or in Creed? Rocky I, I Balboa. cried at both of them. I cried at both of them. I cried in both movies. Really? But like, oh yeah, man. When when he's when he's talking and in uh, Creed when he's talking about uh, you know Diane and how like oh you know, he, one more one you know, more day with his wife. Like, yeah, I mean that was that that had me in tears, man. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I don't know. Like Rocky's been such a part of my life, like. He is like that uncle, and hearing him like talk about Aunt Adrian, and he misses her so much. It's just like, oh man! I, at the end of at the end of Rocky Balboa, I was a little disappointed because I thought it would have been a perfect send off. I didn't see a sequel. I, I was like, man, Rocky should have died in the ring. <laughs> I was like, that's my that was my only complaint. I was like, Rocky should have died in the ring. And then, of course, after seeing Creed, I was like, thank God they did not listen to me. Rocky. <laughs> 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 but like, you know. I still think they should make another one where Rocky dies in the ring. I don't care if he slips on a towel and hits his head on the corner on the turnbuckle and bleeds out. I don't care. Just die in the ring. Mm-hmm. I had, there was one part of Creed I'm not sure if I'm sold on. So what do y'all think about Adonis being Apollo's son from an affair? It's awesome. I, you like that? I'm fine with it. Well, if if you well, took that out of the movie, then you kind of take out like a lot of his motivation and everything about him needing to time. earn that name. You know Name I mean? a big time flashy athlete from that period that Oh well, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that they shouldn't have had him have an affair. The part that kinda confuses me is that his wife wants to take the kid in. 
I, I kind of well, get that too. It's, it's he's someone that is part of Apollo, and he was having a rough life. And yeah, she wanted she wanted to take care of Apollo's son and to honor him. I to me that made you know his wife. Um, which I thought what, is she just Felicia Allen now? I don't think she got. I think she got divorced from Ahmad Rashad. But anyway, I thought she was really good. But it it made me like respect her a lot because a lot of people wouldn't if my girlfriend had a kid with another guy and she died. I don't know if I would go to the adoption agency and try to help him out. I did think that was a powerful scene when he's sitting there and he's look kid. He's in the little room. She's sitting across from him, and I don't remember what the line is, but he's your father, and it just cuts to the word Creed. It's like, oh, wow, what a what a re- revelation that would be to a kid. You know, I had a few little minor issues with Creed because I was looking for reasons. I was looking for things to say negative about it, you know, because I was just going on and on about how brilliant it is, and I had to have something. So I was, I was kind of nitpicking, you know, about the relationship thing and stuff. But um, one of the things that, that I loved was when she's sitting there talking to Adonis about, you know, how she had to carry Apollo up the stairs after every fight and oh, yeah. butt and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I thought that was great. But I thought I thought that maybe her character could have had a bigger part in the film. I was interested in the dynamic between her and her son enough to where I thought maybe that was probably my only one of two issues that I would have raised with the movie was his mom should have, you know, played a bigger part later in the film, maybe. Sequel, dude. That's all for the sequel. But I mean, it makes sense while she's not there, you know, because they have that falling out, and it is it is such a good reason, and it gives him that reason because he gets turned down by Apollo's trainer, and his his the person that was always there to raise him is not there for him anymore. It gives him that motivation, that reason to go to Rocky, well, and, and to make also, that bond. Yeah. yeah, it's a coming you know? where you know where like you were saying, Rocky is a, a love story. Creed is sort of a coming of age story. And a love story. Yeah. It's 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 the whole franchise all wrapped up in one movie. Yeah, it's one two and it's good. one two and Creed are my favorites. I think Creed is the well, best directed one in the entire franchise. I don't care if great. I don't care if Rocky won best director or best direction. This was the one like everything in this movie, like the shots made sense to me. They made sense with the characters' emotions. The actors were good. The script was good. Oh, it was good. It was just all around great. I tried I to get you to go sit in the theater twice. Well, you know, you got to pick and choose, man, and you know how it goes. But No, you always have to go see a Rocky movie in the theaters, man. It's like you can't really find a good boxing match on TV anymore, you know? UFC and, and the, the amount of money people are making in the NFL, you know, the best athletes aren't trying to be heavyweight champion of the world anymore. I don't know. The, movie is the, the best fight you can see. I'm really looking forward to the heavyweight title fight in July. Glitchko. I, I, I just don't even. Glitchko is a badass. I had no idea he had lost the title, and I totally want him to knock this dude out. This dude is an asshole. Glitchko no. is great, but who is he fighting? He's he, not living in the era that, like, you know. He well, lost oh, the title. He's not living in some, an era of great heavyweights. He lost the title to some British dude, and this dude is like a total asshole. He looks like a lumberjack. And during the press conference, he's straight out like, yeah, I hate gay people. Fuck them. And Glitchko just goes, I will knock this guy out by the sixth round. And the guy's like, man, fuck you. You're not going to do shit. I can say whatever I want. He goes, I hate what you stand for. So for that reason, I will knock you out. I have nothing else to say. It's like it's like it's like watching nice. a negative of Rocky Four. It's like how you rooting for fiction, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, to knock out the other guy. I did uh, see an interview with Mike Tyson. They asked him if he thought in his prime could you beat Vladimir Glitchko, and he said, "Hell no." 
He said the athletes nowadays really? they just have this they have vitamin regimens training that we just never had. So, and he said Glitchko yeah, is a machine, but it's almost like Evander Holyfield. No matter how great he was or how many fights he won, how do we really know? You know, which is why you know another thing going back to Rocky Balboa that they brought up. Yeah, right. you know, when he goes in when he goes in to fight uh, uh, Dixon, he uh, you know that's the whole thing on the uh, the the. the computer-generated fight was, you know, this guy's never really fought anybody. He fought cupcakes. He's not, he didn't grow up, you know, in the, the age of Rocky Balboa and Clubber Lang and Apollo Creed. And during Ali's time, they're always wondering, could he have beat Joe Lewis? During Ali's, yeah. I mean, Tyson's time, it's could he have beat Ali? Now, Glitchko, could he have beat Mike Tyson? Since he brought up Ali, am I, am I the only one that cried when the man died? I, I, I literally was I in line getting food. When I heard he had died, and I tears tears filled my eyes. I was he was such an amazing human being beyond just being an amazing fighter. Uh, so I just I just I just felt like I had to say that real quick. You know, I I was I was emotionally you know touched by by Muhammad Ali. I watched that entire memorial service. It was it was fantastic. He was a so much more than a boxer. Sorry, I had to had to say that. No, no, it's well deserved. Man, we are losing a lot of people this year. Last two years, really are. I mean, but I, dude, like it's been Prince and uh, uh, David Bowie, and, Scott Weiland. Uh, it's insane. Well, I was sad because I was sad because Lenny. the day of Muhammad Ali's memorial, Gordy Howe, who to me is probably tied for the best hockey player of all time with Bobby Orr, you know, died and didn't really get much attention. Partially because hockey's not that huge in America, but you know, I was, I was a little bummed out that he passed away on a day when his death would be overshadowed. You know, two two greats passing in the same week, and you know, it was it's getting nuts. Tony Barton, yeah, he passed away. The guy uh, trained Apollo Creed in the Rocky films. He died this year as well. Mm -hmm. That's true. So yeah, man, I, you know, it makes so me want to take like Spielberg and Stephen King and Scorsese and just lock them up somewhere. <laughs> it's like we have <laughs> put to put them in a refrigerator. We have to pole. protect them. Um, one thing that just popped into my head about Creed. Rocky is kind of an asshole when you think about the way he handled his cancer diagnosis because he still has a son. He's actually like no one else in the world matters but Adrian. He's got a son. Did he call his son and say, hey, uh, I've got, got the cancer? Dude, no. this, this child was neglected from the move. beginning. From the beginning. In Rocky II, his wife gives birth, and he is with his wife the entire time, doesn't even see the, the kid that pops out of her until she wakes up, which is like a couple of weeks later. Doesn't even hold he his kid. I no, no he could have. I can. I, he says he doesn't want to hold that. him until his wife. His wife gets up. All right, and then in four, but they then that leave. line, that line, when, oh, chills every time. I was just about to say, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then in four, they leave. They take off. And five, he's like talking about like, yeah, last Christmas when you did this, and it's like, oh, buddy, last Christmas you were fighting a Russian in Russia. <laughs> He's like, Rocky is the most absentee father ever until part five. And then, <laughs> and then when he comes in in part five, he screws his kid up, right? He totally misses up. He, he starts uh, smoking, ends up on the street. He's hanging out with Tommy Gunn more than he's hanging out with his kid. <laughs> exactly. And then <laughs> when we finally get to Creed, the kid's just like, look, I left and went to Vancouver. Screw this guy. I'm out of here. Well, you did have the kind of reunion in Rocky in Balboa. Yeah, they do. They where, do. you know, the kid quits his job and joins Rocky's team. But you can tell the relationship's a little rocky. Well, you know, I kind of... Pun I, intended. I, 
if, if we're going to say like a overall franchise thing that I have a complaint about with Creed, I wish they had the son in there at some point. But at least a phone call. I would I would have even accepted like Rocky calling his son and trying to work up the courage to tell him he has cancer, and yeah. then just his son's like, "I'm really busy, Dad. What is it?" Uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you about it some other time. You know, you you go do what you got to do. You know, I would have even accepted that. But and they're, yeah. they're, like they're, I said, they're very my heart just hearing like your little version of. It. <laughs> Because that's the kind of the way I figure Rocky's son and his relationship is. Is like his son's never understood him. He's just this weird sports figure that the but world you know, in loves. Three, and in three, he's all up his kid's butt. You know, he's buying that stupid robot. If I could rewrite anything in three, I would take that stupid robot. I thought that was four. No, that's, that's four. For his birthday. Yeah, four is the robot. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is four. You're right. But anyway, I would have taken that stupid robot. It's out. Got the female but in three, voice. he's totally kissing his son's butt. And you know, driving around in that little car around the estate, and and, all, and telling him stories and stuff, and it seemed like a really good dynamic, you know. And it wasn't till five, and and you kind of understand five because five, he's having his midlife crisis. He's being told he's broke. His family is in you know in trouble. He's having to move back to his crappy neighborhood, and he gets this chance, you know, and he really gets talked into it by Tommy Gunn, you know. But he gets this chance to kind of be what he was in, in Creed, which is Mickey. Right. And, you know, and he loses sight of it. But, you know, he realizes that he had lost sight of it, you know, eventually. Everybody's guilty of that. Everybody's guilty of, you know, taking for granted someone that's always in their life, you know, just assuming they'll always be there. Everybody's guilty of that, except me. (laughs) (laughs) But have you ever left or have you ever left a Rocky movie not smiling? No. Like even five. I mean, even five. I left five. I was like, that was a piece of shit. But, man, when Rocky did that, like, arm hooks trip on on Tommy Gunn and the alley you know the whole fight like I was still on the edge of my seat like putting my fists up you know what we haven't talked at all about Rocky 2 whatsoever okay. which because it's pretty much Rocky 1 but he wins and his wife's in the hospital Rocky for won. like 25 minutes oh my gosh it's so long different subplot that's going on uh, yeah they're in a hospital for tw- oh my gosh dude that lasts forever it's so it's that's the thing that kills that movie for me Rocky 1 is about Rocky the boxing aspect of it. He wants to go to the distance because he wants to be able to prove it to himself. But in Rocky Two, it's about he wants to win for Adrian. She's giving him permission to go win this. But I tell you what Rocky Two did do for me. It made me like know where I'm going to propose one day, right in front of a damn tiger cage at the zoo. <laughs> you know what's hilarious is in that the first movie that guy's like, "Hey, I hear retards like zoos," and then he proposed <laughs> to her in I the said. next movie. <laughs> and I'm just like, did Remember he forget or did What'd he? You say, take her to the zoo. He probably just remembered this dude was like, take her to the zoo. That's where I'll take her. Oh man, it's uh, that that made me laugh quite a bit. I thought that was funny. I know there's oh, a man. lot of that aspects made me laugh too, a lot. Like I really love the part where, like, you know, she doesn't want him fighting anymore, so he's having to take these jobs as like doing the commercials. Oh, that was great. And he can't <laughs> And he spent all of his money too quickly, and she's kind of like, Rocky, should we be? Oh, no, we got plenty. It's good. We're good. We're good. And then you just see how just, you know, without her, he is so self-destructive. She was the reason that he could stand up to Apollo Creed, who was a vastly superior boxer, you know, not only to be a better fighter, but a better man, a better human being. And how can you you not love Mickey's face when Adrian says when— 
and Mickey pops up. <laughs> what are we waiting for? Oh man, dude, how we've not exactly. how we gone this long? We're not mentioning Burgess, Burgess Meredith, Meredith, bro. Oh my gosh, what a class act! I swear, one of one of my favorite scenes in any Rocky movie when Mickey shows up hat in hat in hand, and you can tell he's nervous about it. Rocky's yelling at him, and he thinks Mickey left, and he comes out of the bathroom and he closes the door and just starts screaming. You know, at the you could hear Rocky screaming as Mickey's walking down the stairs. Man, that's some powerful stuff. But what's great about that scene. is that after he screams, he still goes back out there. That's how awesome Rocky is. Like after he gets out that initial burst, those he gets out that little demon, that rage, and he still goes back down there. And and, and you don't even know what it said. It is a powerful moment. Yeah. That's 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 a good moment. But you, but you also too, yeah. you feel that frustration of. All those years that he's been trying to get Mickey to train him, and all, and Mickey's been telling him no, no. And then now that he's got this just random chance to fight the heavyweight champion of the world, now Mickey comes to him literally, hat in hand. Literally, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, it's such a great moment. He tells Rocky earlier in the movie, he's like, You got heart, you know, but you, you fight like a damn gorilla. <laughs> you know, when he makes fun of him, you know, talks shit about him, him you know, breaking legs for the mob and stuff. Like, you can tell, like, Mickey wants Rocky to be successful. He's just, he's just disappointed. As good of a guy as Rocky is, left to his own wits, he's a little either dumb or self-destructive. He, yeah. he, he needs Mickey. He needs Adrian. He needs Apollo to kind of aim him in the right direction. And when all of them are gone, what happens? Polly loses all their money, and they end up moving back to Philadelphia. And I thought I thought in uh, in uh, Creed that was a great like subtle nod to the fans, you know like like it starts off with Cuff and Link in a small bowl together. In Creed, there's this huge ninety gallon aquarium <laughs> with one turtle in it. You know, it's like now he's now the world is so much bigger and he's alone in it. That touched me, you know, when I saw that. You know, the it's something that a lot of like casual fans might not have picked up on, but I thought it was just really really great. What were the turtle names Link and? Cuff, Cuff and Link. Cuff and Link. I don't. And he had a goldfish. Do you remember what his goldfish name was in the first one? No, I don't. Uh, Moby Dick. Yeah. <laughs> and the dog. What's the dog's name in two? The dog's name is Buckus. Buckus. That's it. See, I love part two. I don't. I don't. I one, two, and Creed. Man, I, that's as far as like quality film. No, I think one, Creed is Creed. A, a better movie than part two. But yeah. I love yeah. parts one, two, and Creed. Those are the ones that I think are like they stand out as just well-made movies that fit into this world. But as far as watching them over and over again, it's it's always going to be three number one for me, just because of Clever Lang. Like I even remember the names of his opponents, like when the newspapers are flashing back. You know, like <laughs> Tanker Weems. You know, like like I love I love Clever Lang. I would kill to write the script for for Creed two. And have him fight, you know, Clover Lang's kid. <laughs> you know, that would be the best movie, man. Just so you could have a montage where Mr. T is like, you gotta kill him. Something else I'm going to say about Creed, and I brought it up when I initially reviewed the movie when it first came out, that I was sort of nervous about saying because I thought maybe people would misinterpret what I was saying. But like, I think a lot of people been into Creed thinking, eh, it's just Black Rocky. And almost immediately in that movie, you realize. He's not Black Rocky. He's Creed. He's Adonis Creed. Like, Michael B. Jordan stepped up in that movie more than he has ever in his career. I mean, maybe, maybe say Fruitvale Station, 
you know, is right up there with that. But I mean, he, he made that movie a Creed movie. I mean, Stallone deserved his, his uh, supporting actor nominees. I don't, I don't look, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it racial, but you know, he definitely got jobs. He should have gotten a, he should have gotten a nod for, for best actor. Oh no, I disagree with that, man. I, I wouldn't have given it to Matt Damon over him. Martin, I would I would have given he, it to Michael he didn't, he didn't Fassbender or over Michael B Jordan. Uh Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. I thought that was the best performance of the year, hands down. That is uh that's a powerhouse. And the fact that To me I thought the best to me the best performance of the year uh by an actor was Cranston in Trumbo. That movie was amazing. And I, I really kind of thought Louis CK should have gotten maybe a little no, little more notice for his his supporting role in that film. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I can't comment on that one. But yeah, but. I, like I said, if I was going to take it away from anyone and give it to him, it would have been, it would have been, I would have taken Matt Damon off of the list. I don't know, man. Matt Damon's carrying that movie though. How many times are you going to How many times are you going to sit in your living room and watch The Martian? Uh, well, I've seen it more than any other Rocky movie. I can tell you that. <laughs> I've seen The Martian seen ten it, times. I saw it. I saw The Martian twice. I saw the first half of The Martian, and then someone had a grandma seizure in the seat right behind me in the theater. And then I went and saw it a second time. Um, so I've actually seen it one and a half times. But I don't need to see it again. You know? I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. But then again, but like, performance -wise, I think this year we all knew that Best Actor was going to DiCaprio. I mean, well, you, yeah, you, you freeze a, your ass off and eat a, eat a buffalo liver. You kind of have to. Last year was pretty good. <laughs> it was, it it was, was a his, good year. It was definitely his year. But I thought Michael deserved it not. I told you that when I left the theater. I don't even think you've seen it yet, but I told you I was like, yeah, this, this kid's gonna get this kid's gonna get talked about for an Oscar. Well, no, it's definitely a good movie, and it's it uh, Creed's definitely I think the best directed one. Like I just that first fight when he goes in there, and it, it, man, he's boxing that dude, and it's all in one shot. Now I sat down and watched all of these Rocky films over the course of of two days, two and a half days. The minute I got to Creed, it was like immediate. It was it was like coming up for air in this franchise that had just gotten so stale and so just bogged down in formula that by the time you get to Balboa and you watch them all back to back, it's like watching all the Roger Moore, James Bond movies. You like them because you like the franchise, but you're coming back because it's comfort food. And that's kind of what the Rocky franchise is turning into. And then Creed just comes in and just man, it just slapped me awake. Just said, wait, I don't know. I've had pay attention. I've, I've had many Rocky. Oh. I've had really many Rocky marathons. And I would agree with you with that on like four and five. It's kind of comfort food. To me, I would give the nod as far as the best directing job to to the original film, mainly because I think he did a better job every aspect of character development and bringing that story to life. Um, like I said, I think the love story between Rocky and Adrian is just was a hundred times more convincing and well developed than the relationship between Adonis and whatever that girl's name is. I can't think of her name at the moment. Yeah, but um, it almost seemed like it was forced. Like, well, let's, let's we want to recreate the first Rocky. We got to give him an Adrian, you know, and gave her the ear problem and and that kind of stuff to kind of make you you know more sympathetic towards her. And I'd completely forgot that no, the we director of Rocky, John G. Alveston, also directed the Karate Kid movies. I, I really like the first one. I like the first and the second one. I like the one. Uh, the second one's the one that takes place in Japan, right? That's I, I like that one as well. Yeah, it's okay. It's got Mr. Miyagi fighting the. Uh, his rival at the end. I thought yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, the second one was okay. The second one was pretty good. After that, it got bad. I actually liked the one with, uh, what's her name, um, from Million Dollar Baby. The new Karate Kid. The, the next Karate one. Kid. The next one, yeah. The it's next Karate the next, Kid yeah. was the girl from Million Dollar Baby. And I thought Hillary that was Swank. really good. 
I don't even think that got released in theaters, but yeah, it did. It got released in theaters. Yeah, I saw it on video and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. (laughs) I actually went to the theater to see that. (laughs) The same guy that did Rocky also did Rocky Five, and outside of those two and Creed, Sloan directed the rest. The first Rocky and Creed, those are definitely the best directed ones, I think. Um, But I think his scripts are pretty good. His stories are interesting. They do reuse a lot of material, though. (laughs) Sloan either writes genius or garbage. There's really not an in between. There's not really a movie that he has directed, you're like, or has you know been in. Period. That you're either like, yeah, it's it's okay. Either crap or it's great. (laughs) Have you guys noticed that like every single in fight scene that it's like we've got to see the first two rounds in real time. And then when it goes to round three, it's montage until the last two rounds. Except in Rocky Three, because sure. it's only three rounds. Is it? Yeah, Rocky Three. He beats he beats Clubber Lang in the third round. Oh, does he? Okay, uh, so maybe, are so you sure bro- about yeah, that? Yeah, he broke formula in three. Okay, but he also did you guys know this? You guys know Stallone wrote Saturday Night Fever. I mean, the dude had some, you know, yeah, yeah, diversity, he gets chops. He's a good writer and a good director, but sometimes he misses badly. <laughs> he, I enjoyed him in Rhinestone. I don't. <laughs> Stop, my mom will shoot. Stop, or my mom will shoot. <laughs> yeah, Judge Dredd. Uh, like, we can I keep still going. Remember, Assassins I, a dude, I still remember watching Rhinestone, and I, I honestly, I could not tell you what the scene is, but there is a scene where he is playing the piano, and I think there's like a funeral or something going on. My dad and I watched it, and we laughed so hard that to me, like, I still remember that as being an extremely funny movie. <laughs> you know, Stallone's not a bad uh, comedic actor. I don't think well, he's that, Bill Murray. What was that but... one he did, uh, it was a guy's name, and it was just it was like Oscars? some comedy supposed to be that like, yeah, Oscar. That one wasn't bad. Do you think after four, Stallone sort of looked at the franchise and was like, "We need to bring this back down to"? I know. I think he needed a box office hit. That's why he did five, man. That's why there's such the longest yeah. time. I just think he needed a box office hit. That's why he brought the director from the first one back. You know, that's that's got to be like really painful. When you're Sylvester Stallone, and in 1980, I think it was 1985, he had the number two and the number three movie of the year. He had Rambo First Blood Part Two and Rocky Four were the number two and three highest grossing movies of that year. And to see your star wane, see your star power go down, your money go down, your audience leave, that's got to be kind of painful. I What I like about that is he kind of wrote that into Rocky Five. Right. It gives it this extra yeah. level. And on top of that, like his real-life son, uh, Sage uh, Stallone, yeah, uh, is uh, in that. It's really, man. Going back and looking at it now, that is some tough shit to watch, dude. Because his son passed away, uh, I think two or three years ago. Their interactions on screen is, man, it's gut wrenching, dude. If you really look at Stallone's life, it's kind of a Rocky movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's having his comeback now, and I think what it was was, I think he looked back and he saw like Rocky and Rambo are two of the most recognizably iconic names in American, in America, period. In the 80s. <laughs> period. You say Rocky and Rambo, you don't have to ask who. That's true. That's, <laughs> you know? that's, that's true. You don't even and, have to give a last name. I mean, sure. I'm sure they, I know there were underdog movies before Rocky, but is there, a, is there really a more, especially American, I you can't know, think a, of one a that... more American underdog pulling yourself up by your bootstraps movie than Rocky? I can't think of one that's as iconic that came out before Rocky. You know what I always thought? I always thought when I watched, like, On the Waterfront is my all-time favorite movie. Sometimes I I wonder if Stallone wrote a little bit of Brando and On the Waterfront into Rocky. I can see that. Go back and watch it. Brando could have played Rocky in the 50s. 
I just wonder. I would, that's a question I would love to ask him one day if I ever get the chance. And like you were talking about, his life kind of is a Rocky movie. And like now he owns those restaurants. Now Rocky owns a restaurant. Yeah, he had those Planet mm-hmm. Hollywoods. Yeah. yeah, I remember those, man. I was a big fan of those. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. He definitely puts a lot of himself into these characters. Yeah, yeah. I think Rocky is definitely his, his franchise. I think that's his baby. Yeah, much much more so than, uh, than Rambo. Because, like, Rambo, he'll get other people to write with him and stuff like that, but... Well, also, too, the, the original First Blood was based on a novel. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Sylvester Stallone said he was sitting on the toilet when he came up with the idea for Rocky. Best shit he ever came up with. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I think it's based on, um, I'd have to look it up, but sometime in, like, the 60s, I think, somebody got a shot at Muhammad Ali. He was like a nobody. They gave a shot, and Ali, you know, killed him, but... If you think Apollo Creed was based on anybody but, but Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, Ali. Yeah, you're crazy. Straight up, Muhammad Ali and them. Chuck Wepner was a professional boxer who got a shot with Muhammad Ali and almost went 15 rounds with the champ. And I'm sure a little bit of you know the real life Rocky Marciano, you know, thrown in there too. Very similar fighters, but Rocky Marciano was basically that like super tough. You know, you could hit him in the head 150 times, you're not going to knock him down. He'd always get his butt kicked, but he'd always win. They always used to get interested huh. in those computer analyzed fights where they like Marciano ends up being the greatest boxer ever and Name another fighter that retired undefeated. I mean, you can say people can say what they want, and of course, Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, guys like that were better technical fighters. But nobody in a professional fight ever beat Rocky Marciano. ESPN did the like they programmed all the fighters into a computer and had the computer do a tournament and Marciano became like he was the winner. He won it. I mean, how do you how do you beat a guy that's head is made out of concrete? <laughs> you can hit him as many times as you want. He's just gonna smile at you, spit blood in your face and knock you out. All right, so Brian, rank the Rocky movies. Which from favorite to least favorite? Favorite to least favorite. All right, let me see. Uh okay, so favorite to least favorite. I would have to go Creed, Rocky. Rocky three, Rocky two, Rocky five, Rocky Balboa, Rocky four. Whoa, you put Rocky five above Rocky Balboa? Yeah, dude. Like, okay. Let me let me. I, I didn't really get to defend Rocky. I actually liked Rocky five a lot, and it felt like they were doing something new and growing. They were the Rocky they did it poorly. Well, they okay, but hear me out. I don't think any of the the terrible things and fans calm down. I'm not a fan of this franchise. I'm not super fan or anything, but from what I saw, the mistakes they made in Rocky five are the same exact mistakes they made in Rocky three and four. And I don't understand all the hate. I think it's just because that Rocky is not beating the crap out of somebody in a ring. And the movie's not focused on him being a hero. The whole movie is about tearing Rocky down, bringing him back I like that. I like the idea. I like the idea of Rocky Five, but they brought in the Don King character, which you know, is great, the, right? I mean, the, that's the big pitied, like over makeup blonde to seduce Tommy Gunn, and you know, it was so over eighties. You know, even the soundtrack. You know, go for it. Oh wait, wait a minute! But Ro- you're saying Rocky Five is so eighties, dude? Rocky Four is a short film. Rocky Four <laughs> is literally forty minutes of of script. And then the rest of it is montage, two scenes, montage, one scene, montage, 
two scenes well, okay, montage. I told you. I think I've already admitted. Thirty minutes of Rocky Four is a montage. Hold on, hold on. I think though, the I think the reason that like the younger version of myself likes Rocky Four more than Rocky Five because exactly what you just said. Rocky Four. I think it's a better was, movie. That was a superhero movie. It was Rocky winning against the monster. Yeah, it's like Roger Moore Bond films, right? So you've got these two movies that are, like, y'all are both right. They're both the epitome 80s. They do the same things wrong, but Rocky Five is doing the same things wrong while you're beating up my hero, where Rocky Four is doing the same things wrong, but I still get my comic book movie. But isn't that what happened to real boxers in real life? Like, after, unless you have some kind of gimmick or something, like, you know, like, Rocky, like, he's not a George Foreman. He can't do that stuff. It kind of... it fits his character. If you're going to make five fucking movies about a boxer, well, it I, makes I sense to go there. I haven't seen it in forever. and like, I think the thing I hated about five is the same thing I hated about Over the Top, which is on my <laughs> list. It's a very short list of movies that if I, could, if I could remake them, I would. And I've actually gone through Over the Top and written down things that I would change about it if I were to write that script. And the thing I hate about that and about five is... I hate the whiny little pussy rich kid son. Why are you even in this movie? Why can't they just ship you off somewhere so you will shut up? But see now that's like I fucking one of the most, hated him. That's one of the most powerful things for me now. Like those scenes now have so much of an impact and see, you're making me totally but see, have to, I'm gonna have to watch Rocky Five now. It's after the fact like his son died and I know that. And that's not fair to give the movie credit for that. I know that. But it it's there. I can't deny it. It does affect me emotionally. Four to me, four was very, very eighties. I'm not. I'm not trying to say it wasn't. Overall, it had a better soundtrack. The the montages were great. The you know. But it just breaks you know, down to four the, is fun. Ivan Drago was a great bad guy. He was the he he was the, he was the Soviet Union. It was America fighting against the Iron Curtain. You know, and in five, it was more eighties. Like I don't need to hear like that. I I can't get that stupid song out of my head. Like when they were doing all the like dumb like rap music and stuff over over the movie, I just was like, "This is so cheesy." I like it, but it's still my it's my least favorite Rocky movie. So, what's your order? All right, we got Brian's order. What's your order? Oh, uh, my order is, and we're talking quality of the film, right? Because your, like, your, your personal again, list, no, your, your personal, your personal list. I'm I'm gonna kind of split the difference here because like. To me, like I said, three is the one I could probably watch over and over the most, but it's only because I love Clubber Lang so much. <laughs> like, there are yeah. times where I want to stop the movie after Clubber beats Rocky and then just make up the rest of my head because I love Clubber Lang so much. But I would go one, two, Creed, Balboa, three, four, five. As far as the ones that are, are my favorites, I think are the best. If you wanted me to go purely on watchability, I would probably put three number one, and then the list would stay the same after that. Okay, so that's not that's not that much big of a change there. No, no. Okay, all right. What's your list, Benson? I would go one Creed, two Balboa, three, four, five. That's acceptable. I'll go with that. Man, you need to rewatch five, dude. I'm telling you, we are. That's what we're doing. When this podcast is over, we're gonna go watch five again. I'll watch it again, man. I, I enjoyed it enough. I'll, I'll actually I, watch I'm, it. Right I'll, now. I'll watch it. I actually <laughs> see. That's to watch the thing. Rocky, <laughs> Rocky is one of those things to me, though. Like even saying that five to me is the worst Rocky movie. That's like saying it's the I don't know. It's like my fifth favorite uh, well, let's, food. 
Let's see which one the internet. Let's let's see the internet ranking on IMDb for. Rocky. Oh, it's the first Rocky, then it's Creed, uh, and then I think it's two, uh, three, four, five. I can't. I can't remember. After three, that. Four, five. Yeah, it doesn't matter after that. After seeing Creed, I always kind of felt like that was his. Like, okay, I'm rebooting Rocky Five. I'm doing it right this time. Well, yeah, I think I Five was. I honestly think Five was just we have to crap out a Rocky. Movie. We have to make a Rocky movie. And I'm almost glad that it was kind of universally panned because I think if it had been a success, Rocky might have been over. I really think Stallone wanted to uh, get a second chance. Yeah, he wanted a second chance to send Rocky off right. Because I think originally the idea was five was going to be the end. I don't know, man. I I do feel like Balboa. There was a long time between five and Balboa. Yeah, but he relaunched both both of his franchises with Rocky and Rambo. Right. You know, and then he, and then he used, and the sequels killed it. Yeah. And then, but he used that so he could get leverage for expendables. I mean, look, Stallone is not an idiot in real life. Like he may play an idiot in Rocky, but he's a smart businessman. He makes really good decisions. Yeah. He's made some, some bad movies and, uh, they're not all hits, but it's always interesting. Expendable two was pretty bad. It is interesting to me to show my kids these movies, like oh, they dude, yeah. who they love First Blood. They thought First Blood Part Two Rambo was so much fun. Well, because Part Two was what launched the cartoon, and then they you watched know, they Part wanted to Three to make a cartoon, and they could care less. Yeah. Like they have just the hardest time getting interested in this movie. Oh, really, dude? I loved Three when he's helping the Taliban My favorite beat part the about Soviet three Union. The end, when he says this film is dedicated to the fighting spirit of the Mujahideen, <laughs> right? Like, look, it was the eighties, right? Take that one back, okay. don't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, guys, we're fighting communism, all right? They were spreading the communist propaganda all over the world, you know. I mean, well, and Stallone what did they turn into? Stallone was seriously Al-Qaeda. trying to single-handedly defeat the Soviet Union. <laughs> Funny, have you seen the documentary uh, Chuck Norris versus Communism? No, wait, that doesn't it's even sound Netflix, like a documentary. It's about these, it's about these movies getting smuggled in to the Soviet Union and dubbed over by this woman sometimes poorly because she refused to use swear words but like it's all about how like you know movies like first blood and all the chuck norris movies really inspired young people in the former soviet union you know stand up i mean i I don't know maybe they had more to do with the the wall coming down than reagan did Pat, I have to ask you you're old enough you're 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 old enough to be maybe one of the only people that remember this do you ever Remember, in school, having to do the nuclear bomb drill. Oh sure, I was talking to I was talking but, about that with my uh, my brother because he doesn't remember it. He's you know he's younger than I am. Oh, dude, I we straight was, up didn't have to do that. I guess it was like my class was like the last ones that. Yeah, we would get the bell would go off, and you're supposed to get down under your basically like a tornado drill, but you're getting under your desk, and you're basically kissing your ass goodbye because like. The nuclear bomb goes so off. Hilarious like, to me. You know, that was one of the dumbest things ever. Like, it almost is like they, they felt like they had to do something to make parents think they were doing something. Yeah, and if you had a no. bunker or something, they should do like a, they should do like, done like survival drills, like how to kill an 80 human during nuclear winter. You know, things like that. that and this is just making me think of the original Red Dawn. Another great movie. That First PG 13 oh. film ever. Thank you, Cold War. Thank you, Cold War, for Red Dawn. <laughs> I actually had a dream the Thank other day. Thank you, Cold War, for Red Dawn, all the Bond villains, and all the spies that, that give them something to defeat. Otherwise, we would have been fucked for entertainment in the 80s. 
or even in the exactly. like we now, have had, like, we had bridges spies. We wouldn't have had and, Nikolai Volkov. The president of Russia now is is the new like you know it, it's so easy to hate Russians, man. It's great. Thank you, Reagan. <laughs> I hated Reagan, but you know what I mean. Reagan was good for business. But you when you were a kid a watching Red Dawn, did you not think that would be the most fun thing you have, could have ever done? Oh yeah. Oh no, man! Like, what? That scared Dawn, the crap like, out of me. I wish that would happen. I wish that would happen. Like that I totally so expected it would happen, and like I was prepared for it. <laughs> You get to go camping with your friends in the woods, you know, a couple of hot chicks show up. You get to be chased around by Ruskies, watch your dad get shot. You know, No, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Do you know how many times I held a toy gun over my head and screamed to Wolverines in my backyard? <laughs> Almost die. You know, it's great. It's <laughs> awesome. It's like, hey, what's up, Dirty Dancing Chick? How you doing now that you're skinny, starving out here in the woods? What are you going to eat? Uh, I don't know. You got nothing to eat? Jennifer Grey, for the nose job, man. She was. <sighs> with something else, man. We should totally do Red Dawn. Dude, I miss... Man, we, you know what? I miss Patrick Swayze, bro. He was fucking awesome. I'm I was talking Patrick to a girl a few months ago that had never seen Roadhouse, and I was trying to explain it to her, and she was looking at me like I was crazy because I was getting into all these, like, Taoist philosophies about how all the, all the, all the lessons you could learn from watching Roadhouse. She was like, it sounds stupid, and it sounds like you're making crap up to try to make a crappy movie not crappy. And I was like, well, you don't get to be my girlfriend. How do you like that? You don't talk shit on Swayze in my house. For some reason, I just made We've me think so of... We've gotten so far uh, off of Rocky right now. You know what, dude? Uh, look, Rocky Man, 4, I will TBS break movies. you. I will break you. Which, uh... Rocky 4. Oh, yeah. With the, I mean, oh, my God. Guys, we've talked Little about Rocky. Man is made of iron. But we haven't even mentioned that Dolph Lundgren is... I, okay, I've talked a lot of shit about Rocky Ford during this podcast, but it's still a really enjoyable, fun 80s film. Man, Dolph Lundgren going up against Sylvester Stallone, that is actually pretty intimidating. Like, when those two guys meet, you kind of shit your pants a little bit, especially when you're a little kid. Oh, yeah. Dude, that movie is summed up in the opening of the movie when the two glass uh, boxing oh, yeah. gloves come together and explode. That is it. That's what the movie is going to be. It's going to be the superhero boxing movie. I love Dolph Lundgren. I thought he was, he's still my favorite Punisher. I thought he nailed the character in his movie. People talk crap about it, but I think, I think Dolph Lundgren's Punisher, his, the way he played the character was perfect. He was He-Man. I forgot Red about Scorpion. that. Red Scorpion. Yeah, bro. Masters of the Universe. He was great. And let, if we're going to talk swordplay, let's not forget Swayze in Steel Dawn, a classic that if you haven't seen it, I recommend you check it out. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm on the fence about that recommendation. <laughs> But unlike, but unlike Dolph Lundgren, Swayze was a real man. Swayze would say, "Yeah, I'll do your, I'll do your drinking beer and and screwing hot chicks." But then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do Ghost. I'm gonna do Dirty Dancing because I'm Patrick fucking Swayze and I'm man enough to do that shit. Do y'all want to hear my my Ghost story? I love that film. So yes, absolutely. I had absolutely no idea what this movie was. What Ghost? Yeah, over at this chick's house. And she's like, do you want to watch a movie? And I was like, sure. And she goes, do you want to watch like this, this, or Ghost? Immediately, being the horror fan that I am, like, I yes. thought, oh, this was a fucking horror movie I've never seen. I love supernatural movies. So, Thank yeah, you, baby. I want to watch Ghost, yes. Ghost feeling. I'm watching this movie going, what is going on? And I kept like looking over and she's crying. And I'm like, when does it get scary? <laughs> 
for the time when it came out, those little black demons coming and dragging people to hell was kind of kind of scary. When oh, dude, that fucking scared the shit out of me. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, if anything made me want to go to church, it was that. <laughs> I was like, I don't want that to happen. I'm going to church. That's one of those scripts of the 90s that's just solid. It's just solid. It's fun. It's great. That's yeah, a good movie. It really is. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 have you heard anything? Are they making a, a sequel to Creed? They've got to, right? Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's not he, official yet. It's, it's not, not official, official, but they're going to do it. Yeah, but He's got to win the belt. Have you guys seen the video of Michael B. Jordan getting knocked out? No. No. Apparently, it's like a tradition in Rocky movies. Like, you're not really a part of the Rocky family until you get knocked out. So they had one of the boxers, like the professional fighters that they were training with. And Michael was just supposed to stand there and see if he could take a punch. <laughs> he just goes out like a fucking light. It's great. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Wow. I'm sure you can find it. Speaking of boxing, did you hear about what um, the rumor that's going around UFC and WBA? I think it's WBA is trying to put together. They're trying to do a, the UFC champion McGregor versus Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather will kill him. I think so, too. I mean, the first time he goes to shoot the leg, Floyd's just going to crack him in the temple. No, it's going to be a boxing match. Like, he's not even going to be allowed to do that stuff. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Floyd will kill him. So, I'm going to give my last thoughts on the Rocky <laughs> franchise. As a father, I am extremely grateful that Sylvester Stallone gave me this movie series that I can show to my kids and gives them all the life lessons that I have no idea how to say, and they get it, and then they repeat it back to me. Thank you, Sylvester Stallone. As a bum and always underachiever who took life as a joke and at 30 thought, I'll probably just be a bouncer for the rest of my damn life and play in punk bands and never amount to shit and had the courage to come out to L.A. and be in TV and movies and, and actually live a pretty cool life. Thank you, Sylvester Stallone, for inspiring me through your masterful Rocky series to go out there no matter how many people told me I shouldn't come out here no matter how many people told me I would never make it it's not about how many punches you can throw it's about how many times you can get hit and keep getting back up it's a good franchise it's very feel good the acting's good the script writing's pretty good direction's a little weak Pretty much for the most part throughout the entire series until you get to Creed. But and when I say direction, I'm mostly talking about like camera work. I'm not talking about like how the sure. the directors and actors are working together because it's hard to judge that. Like, what are these actors bringing? Because I can't tell the difference between one and two in terms of performances, and those had different directors. And we had Burt Young and uh, these guys. They have good com- um, camaraderie. They have good chemistry, and they they work together well. Name a long franchise where the middle isn't kind of shitty. I mean, Star Wars, you, I can compare Return of the Jedi to Rocky Three very easily. Rocky, uh, Return of the Jedi, I loved it as a kid. Nothing encapsulates my childhood more than Star Wars. If you really are honest about Return of the Jedi, it suffered from the same thing that Rocky Three did. Well, you you started to see it. You started to see it collapse a little bit with Ewoks and and goofy crap like that. And it continued into some very, very terrible prequels. But Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back are still two of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You I know, got, I hope. But I got I to say Empire Strikes gonna, Back is, is that, I mean, Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars are better than anything this Ro- the Rocky franchise has to offer in my book, man. I mean, it's just a different level of filmmaking in my book, bro. And I am not a hater on Star Wars. I wanted the new one to be good. 
And I want the next one to be good. I'm like, okay, you got all the regurgitated crap out that the quote fans all right, all right, wanted. Pa- all right, all right, Pat, you're bringing so it up. You're bringing it up. What is your problem with Force Awakens? Hey, hey, hey. In true Rocky fashion, we put in some Rocky music. We'll make the announcements. On this side, you have pro Force Awakens. On this side, you have anti Force Awakens. I'll be the ref. You guys are going to be polite. We're going to fight it out. We're going to start. Pat, you get you get one minute. Make a comment. Ask a question. You ready? Sure. Round one. Go. What was so great about the Force Awakens? I'm talking the story. You, I mean, honestly, I don't think that you can argue with me. So many aspects of that movie were just taken from other movies. Let's just talk about story. All right. First off, sci-fi has not been original in, let's say, uh, 40 years. Let's just all agree oh, to agree on that. But these, these are, were blatant ripoffs. Uh, blatant, blatant ripoffs from movies that are ripping off from Buck Rogers. So you're complaining about a movie that's ripping off movies that are ripping off other movies, and you're trying to call those middle movies original when they're not. There has been there has been really no truly original story since the beginning of time. There is, I mean, if you look at the way scripts are written, they're all you know the hero's journey. What I'm saying is, yes, aspects of science fiction obviously are are, are semi-repetitive. Um, I do think Star Wars and Empire and Return of the Jedi were very unique entities on their own. My problem, and I don't have this problem with even the three prequels that I didn't like at all. Like, I will never watch those movies again. The Force Awakens is straight up, in my opinion, it, it, was, it was so pandering to the fans that it was like, what are our favorite moments from each each original film? And let's see if we can cram all of them into one movie. And that is my problem. The originality of sci-fi in general is that they they just they just made the same movie over again. Brian, uh, I don't I don't think they made the same movie over again. Um, I think Ray's character and all the characters in the movie bring a new added dimension. And I feel like at the end of Star Wars The Force Awakens, I feel like I have gone on to a journey with these characters and I have felt growth. I have felt something that is outside of Star Wars, that is outside of the original trilogy. It makes me excited to be a fan again. And if I was looking at it as a straight up just popcorn movie, I probably wouldn't have any problem with it. Why are you looking you at know? anything else but... Whoa, 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 whoa. It's oh, somebody just... Somebody just low blow. Someone take a point from Brian. Happens again. You're going to get a point taken away. I I was just going to say that, like, the things that were so blatantly copied, it's what bothered me. Everything from, you know, the the creature cantina to uh, the 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 scenes on the Millennium Falcon where they were basically just doing exactly what Luke did when he got on the Millennium Falcon for the first time and shot his first Tie Fighter um, to. I really, I would love to hear you defend the 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 whole destroying the super star destroyer thing or whatever they blew up at the end of the movie because it was nothing short of hey let's go to Endor and it was it was it was like taking Return of the Jedi and putting it into 15 minutes of a movie and they didn't change anything really let's go down to this forest moon and 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 turn off this generator so that we can blow up this the super Death Star. The only part of the movie that I really liked was the end. And that's what gave me hope that I might like the second one. I'm hoping they got all of that out of their out of their system and they're going to and they're gonna pick up with her finding Luke and it's gonna be awesome. All 
right. But Ryan. that movie. Pat, Pat, time's up. I, I guess my only thing is, is you're saying Star Wars, A New Hope, uh, and Star Wars, The Force Awakens are very similar in plot. All I got to say is, uh, so are Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, bro. Um, it's comfort food. It is what I like. Yeah, it's kind of similar in plot, but so is, uh, look, man, uh, Magnificent Seven is an awesome movie. It's a remake of Seven Samurai. I can like both those films. Just because they're similar in plot doesn't mean that the actors and the directors are not doing different things and exploring different ideas. And I think the idea of Han Solo having the kid that's turning to the dark side and Kylo Ren being such a fucking weirdo. And the, the, when we're seeing him is really interesting. We've never seen that in a Sith. I don't know. I'm enjoying the different avenues they're exploring with these characters. I don't know, man. I, I'm okay with comfort food cinema. I will say that Darth Emo was one of the most annoying characters since Jar Jar Binks. Um, and I never said that it's similar in plot to Star Wars. I said that they blatantly stole things from all three of the original movies and tried to cram them into one. That was my problem. Isn't that what Creed was? Uh, in a way, yeah. Okay. I'll give you that but in you, a way. But you liked Creed, right? It's more a reimagining so- of the first film. Was like, like To me, honestly, I brought this movie up a lot. I don't know if you guys have seen it. But if you watch Southpaw... I had the same reaction. Kurt Sutter wrote it, and the, one of the Brokeback Mountain dudes was in it. I can't remember which one. <laughs> uh, can't remember his name right now. Jake Gyllenhaal. But Jake Gyllenhaal. But it was, as the movie went on, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, they just stole that straight from Rocky Three. That's from Rocky Two. That's from Five. That's from Four. Oh, my God, this is so terrible. And it had none of the heart of any of the Rocky movies. But they stole pieces from every single Rocky movie and tried to cram it into one movie and make it seem original. And to me, it just seemed like they had this opportunity to bring back Han Solo and Chewbacca and Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker and do a really cool original story. And I think they just made something so that Disney could sell a billion dollars worth of toys before this movie came out. That's, that's, That's how I felt watching it. I was very disappointed. And if I didn't love the film so much... I wouldn't care this much. So I think we're both coming from the same place. We just have different perspectives on this film. Okay, so we'll, just, we'll, we'll take it, it to the fans, and we'll let the fans vote. We're going to let the fans <laughs> be the, the split decision judges on the Rocky podcast Star Wars fight. So that, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be do it for us tonight. Pat, where can we find you online? Uh, you really can't, other than Instagram. Uh, Patrick Cox here. If you uh, give a crap about seeing pictures of my face or spiders or snakes or the random picture of me posing with someone that you might find interesting, um, yeah, check that out. But otherwise, I'm pretty off the grid. But keep watching reruns of Two Bro Girls because those checks are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. All right, guys, so that is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, Be sure to check out uh, Girl in Woods, Benson and I's Newest film, it's been released on VOD. It came out June 3rd. Guys, check this out. It's on It's on iTunes, DirecTV, Comcast, whatever. It's on Amazon. Guys, go check it out. Support the film. We surely would appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, if you guys want to get in contact with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew, and crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end, at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Movie Crew Pod. 
Uh, we're also on Facebook. You guys can follow us there. And we still have the poster promotion going on. We're looking for the 43rd, 43rd email. I may have to actually lower that number because I only got like 10 emails uh, wanting wanting this poster. We're giving away the um, Deadly Blessings poster that came with the Scream Factory uh, release of Deadly Blessings, Wes Craven film. It's, uh, it's a nice poster. It is folded. Um, just send us an email in the subject line, put poster, put it in the body. I want the deadly blessings poster. Uh, and if, if we don't get to 40, the 43 third email here pretty soon, we'll, uh, maybe we'll lower that number or put everybody's name in a hat and and draw it. We'll figure something out. Oh, and also too, uh, right before I was getting ready to put this episode up, I did notice that, um, the guys over at how stuff works, they have a, a really cool podcast. It's on iTunes. You can search for it. Um, and they their new episode, I think, is on Steadicams, which we didn't talk about, but Rocky is one of the first um, movies to use a Steadicam. So I would direct you over to that uh, podcast, and you can get your Steadicam knowledge on. Uh, it's a really good show, uh, and it's it's a pretty thorough look. It's a nice 40-minute look at just Steadicams and the history of Steadicams and how they're made and how they work. So please check that out. Um, now you know, and knowing is half the battle, G.I. Joe. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything. And we're going to close out the show tonight with uh, Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. And then I think we're going to have to follow that up. Uh, Bill Cotty's uh, Oscar-nominated song, Gonna Fly Now. Enjoy. Enjoy.